Hello and welcome uh, to a short episode of You Said 100 Miles. Uh, I'm your host, Bob. Uh, my co-host, Sass, unfortunately, is not available today. We were, we had planned to do an episode right after my 24-hour race, Christmas in July. Uh, unfortunately, uh, life gets in the way and uh, she was not able to record. And then uh, I'm not able to record the following week. So uh, I wanted to, I I did just wanted to get a little something out there to reflect on the race a little bit. But uh, just from my own experience, I know listening to just one person on a podcast drone on forever is, you know, not exactly a fun experience. So this will be really short. I think uh, no more than uh, 15, 20 minutes, if that even, uh, just to kind of get a little bit out there and uh, in case you were wondering how the race went uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, and also I just know that with Sass here, she'll ask a lot more questions that will probably elicit more, more interesting co- topics than kind of probably the more hard technical things at all probably bring up here in the next uh couple of minutes uh so uh with that in mind um i'll talk a little bit about you know this this race called christmas in july it's uh in lyle illinois and it's a it's a looped 24-hour race on a path in a park next to a high school and the path itself is asphalt. Uh, there's a short section of concrete sidewalk. And there's about 19 feet of vert on every lap. So, and each lap is like 0.97 something miles. So, it's, it's very nearly a mile around. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I in the last episode, I talked a lot about why I signed up for it and all the good reasons to do it and by and large those were you know my goals for the race were successful I learned a lot about my feet I uh, and what's going to happen to them in the later stages of a hundred mile race Uh, like for example my feet really really swelled to the point that my toe box I really didn't have a pair of shoes on me that was really that really had a toe box big enough to accommodate how much my feet swelled. Um, I ultimately ended up in a pair of old Hoka Challenger ATRs that I have that are wides, but that wasn't ideal because those shoes are beat to hell. But they were the only thing like that I could really move in at that point in time um and i had i had developed some pretty good blisters on my heel edges uh and i was starting to develop a blister on my right big toe which is why which was the reason for moving to the challengers um I I figured out in the days following, and a lot of thanks to folks on the Slack for providing feedback on this. Basically, what I 
I, I started looking at my insoles and like really trying to figure out what what happened. Why did I blister so bad on my heel edges? I never had that before. And, and they came up really, you know, I thought way too early in the race. Like I, I know running ultras, blisters are going to happen and it's largely a matter of you know, dealing with them and moving on. But this, it just felt too early. Like, I think my blisters started showing like around mile 30. Uh, and that, that was just too early in my, my opinion. I mean, I raced 50 miles at the Sugar Badger and I got the one blister, which I'm pretty sure was due to debris. And, you know, so it was, it was a little confusing. In retrospect, what I found was that, you know, I had come up with this plan and I had walked through this plan with one other person to put on, to start, start the race in a pair of uh, Hoka Clifton 8s. And I, I got those shoes because uh, I, the Hoka's, the Bondies that I was wearing, I was just sweating like crazy and you know they're not terribly well ventilated they're very heavy and I, I, I did it like a 10 mile run where my feet were soaked and it was very unpleasant so I was looking for an option ended up in the Clifton's really liked the Clifton's uh, so I started in the Clifton's problem is the I got soaked by rain early in the race. So once the sun came out and things were, were drying out, I switched shoes. Now I planned for my second pair of shoes for the day to be my uh, my endorphin speeds. Now, that kind of seemed like a weird idea to me. Um, but they breathe so well. I was like, oh, okay. They'll help keep my feet cool through the most brutal part of the day. And it was one of those things where I ran that by someone else and they said, yeah, it's not that crazy of an idea. I said, okay, cool. The problem ended up being, you know, those were the shoes that gave me the blisters. And I was so confused. And I'm working through this for days after. And I finally figured, finally it came from somebody on the Slack who pointed out, Wait a minute, how much how much walking did you do in them? And I thought about it and I was like, you know what, I did do a fair amount of walking at that point in the day, um, through the middle of the day. And I said, you know what, shit, that's totally true. I, you know, normally when I'm running in those shoes, I'm much you know, I'm I don't heel strike nearly as much. I never practiced walking in those shoes. And so, you know, talk about like, don't, you know, the first rule of racing is don't do something new on race day. And a kind of a trend that I'm seeing here is that it's always, yeah, it's always something new on race day that screws me up, but it's not something I anticipated being new on race day. At the Sugar Badger, it was, I never practiced changing my socks mid-run. 
and making sure that I was, you know, I had a clean, I had truly had a clean foot and I was good to go. Uh, so that was, you know, in this case, it was just, I didn't, it just didn't occur to me. It's like, of course I practice run, walk. You know, I did the sugar badger with it and I have practiced it since then in the hotter conditions, but I never practiced it in those shoes. So, uh, you know, lesson learned on that, that, you know, it, it's just, you got to kind of take it. You really got to practice everything and you kind of, you know, it's, you got to walk through it and see, you know, write it down and, and really think about it. And it, Cause that's going to be key to me finishing my hundred. This was an extremely hot race. Uh, temperatures in the middle of the day were mid nineties, the dew point. Um, I can't remember exactly where the dew point is. I think it was low eighties. So it was brutal. I just straight up brutal. Uh, so humid, so hot. And even once the sun went down, it, it really didn't ever cool off. If, you're ever out running and like you you go out you're going hard of course you're hot when you're running but so often like you'll stop even for just a few minutes and you've got this wet shirt on and you cool like you get cold quickly and I never just throughout the entire race could never cool down at all like it, there was never the weather was just terrible uh, and you know, we started the day with a big storm that delayed the race. So the 24 hour race turned into a 23 hour race because they couldn't extend the end of the race the following day because of permit issues. Um, and, and all that rain that fell beforehand and that fell in the first couple hours of the race, that all evaporated and just made, made things more humid. So, and, and to be fair, like we, we knew that was the, you know, a very real possibility. Um, you know, it's a July race. It's going to be hot. It's probably going to be humid. So it's not like this was unknown. Uh, it was, it's one thing to know it's coming. It's another to actually deal with it and go through it. Um, so I, I kind of had a plan that, you know, the morning I would, I would try to run, you know, kind of on average, uh, you know, around a 12, 30, 13 minute mile until the sun got really high. And then I thought I might have to spend a lot more, you know, might have to slow down to even completely walking through the middle of the day. And fortunately, I never have to, through the middle of the day, ever completely walk laps. In fact, what the gear that I was wearing, I was wearing the, the rabbit sun hoodie that worked out really well. And that was, that was honestly one of my best purchases. It, it, it just keeping the direct sun off my skin really made a huge difference. The problem I really ran into, especially later was without any cooling, like my body just would just overheated. And I didn't really feel, I remember feeling about 1030, a friend of mine from the running club, Courtney, 
she came and paced me for a little bit and I was just so high and it just I remember at one point I just turned her and I said I'm really hot I need to sit and so we went and did that and I cooled down she put you know wet towels on me and everything and and I was able to get back out and going um at that point though I was struggling with the pain from the blisters and was moving really really slowly uh I know I wasn't eating enough early in the race either and I did hit you know the 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 lagging um that just drain of energy uh and, and at that point I started eating again you know eating more and just trying to make sure every time around I ate something um uh, but I started moving pretty slowly so between the blisters and the lack of energy, the middle of the night just was a real struggle. Uh, I got to the morning and throughout the day, we're seeing storms coming and no idea if the race is going to get called or not. And it, it turned into a little bit of a mind game, but you know, I, it was kind of a, there was this thought that they might call it at 2 a.m., in which case I, I would not have been able to hit 100K, um, which is something I wasn't really focused on 100K, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I got 24 hours. I should be able to hit 100K without a problem. So when it started becoming a reality for me that I might not hit 100K because of storm delays and everything, like, that messed with my head a little bit, but I just made the decision. You know what? I'm not going to try and run faster now. I'm just going to run. I'm just going to do what I can and keep with my race plan because if if I alter it, um, it's, you know, I'll, I could end up burning myself out if I try to run hard now, you know, being like midnight at this point. Uh, so I just kept with it. And in the end, uh, you know, the storms did return about, I don't know, I want to say 530 in the morning. And I got to, I got through, you know, halfway through, it's 64 laps to 100K. On lap 63, I saw the storms coming and I thought, sure, sure as hell, I was going to cross the timing mat and they were going to say, hold up, we're pausing the race. But I got through and started on lap 64 and halfway through lap 64, the sky really lit up. And, you know, at that point I just started, I ran as hard as I could, you know, I was exposed. There was nowhere I could really go, but to just get back to the start finish as fast as possible, which is what I did. Uh, funny enough, I, I really, my legs actually didn't feel too bad. Um, I credit that a lot with doing a lot more core work um, in the in the month before that, and you know I that last lap I was able to run. Um, still, you know it wasn't, and and it didn't hurt to run. You know my feet hurt from blisters, but like my body didn't hurt to run. So I thought that was a pretty good win. Um, that you know that path is canted and it's kind of brutal on the body along the way and I 
you know, I'm about what, two weeks out now from the race and you know, I'm still fairly banged up, but I'm, I'm finally starting to feel better. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the rundown. I, you know, I hit my hundred K, uh, able to check that off the list. Um, one day I, I think I'd like to, to run a hundred K, uh, fixed distance race. Cause you know, the, what, the way that race went, if, if it was a fixed distance race with a cutoff, I would not have made, uh, you know, the, like a 16 hour cutoff. I think I ended up being 21 and a half hours. And I know a lot of that is just cause I knew, Hey, I've got all the time in the world. Um, I can just, you know, I can take my time and that was part of the reason why I wanted to do the 24 hour race. So, you know, I was, I could take my time. I could think through things and figure it out. But, um, yeah, at some point I'll have to do a hundred K race and actually finish one under, uh, you know, a, a more normal cutoff. Um, and, uh, yeah, so overall, uh, good, ex- good experience. I don't think this is a race I'd do again. I just, there's nothing about the hot weather that really calls to me. And I, I think I, I would, uh, in the future pick not to do that. Um, but who knows, maybe one day I'll get some stupid idea in my head to like do bad water or something. And then, you know, CIJ might be a, (laughs) a good training run to see, uh, you know, how much I've improved. So, uh, anyways, uh, I'm getting close to 20 minutes here, so I didn't want to go over that. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we are planning to get back together, uh, in about a week and a half or so. Um, so hopefully we'll have uh, a next episode with Sass here and we can, um, hopefully she'll have much more interesting questions. Um, I know she's, she was really interested in my mindset and everything and that will, uh, this was very more technical, uh, of a dissection of the race, uh, for those who are interested in that. So, uh, thank you once again. Um, one more programming note. Uh, I did start posting some of my race reports onto the team Puma knife website. If you are interested, uh, you can find it by going to the home page and under, uh, you said 100 miles, uh, there's a menu, a sub menu to get to Bob's race reports. Um, and I'll may, maybe I'll add it to the show notes here. So, uh, thank you again. And, uh, we'll catch you in about two weeks.